Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 239 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe, and I just want you to know I'm definitely not watching the Yankee game while I also have the NFL draft results up on my screen. 100% attention dedicated to the podcast tonight, I promise. Yes, I... The, so different than the days when I typically uh, have your undivided attention during <laughs> these shows, when you're not bidding on eBay things or whatever else it is that you're up to. Exactly. Well, you know what? I'm multi-talented. I've got the podcast thing like locked down, mm-hmm. so I'm branching out. I figure, you know, I only have to dedicate like 20% of my brain to the podcast <laughs> since I'm so good at it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, you missed a good LVAC show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crowd was rocking. Crowd was hot. Six matches. Everything ran really quick. Um, if it wasn't a torrential downpour, we would have started on time because people were texting Mantis and Chris and this one and that one, um, that, uh, they were stuck in traffic and everything else like that. Uh, but even with a late start time, I think the wrestling was over, like, shortly after 10, if not, like, right at 10. And that was with intermission and everything else like that. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. I know you uh, sat home and watched the AIW show, and that might be in uh, your talking stuff for wrestling, you know? Yeah, perhaps more on that later. Right, right. Uh, but, no, it was, like I said, it was. Uh, it's always good. It's been, you know, it's been about four months uh, since there's been an LVAC show, and it feels like it was both just yesterday and forever since the last show. Uh, there might be another show at Sokol's in June. They're trying to hammer that out, uh, but the drive-in show is for certain the next next show. Gotcha. Yeah, I was following a little bit on Twitter. You know, some of the, our friends were tweeting out about the results and what was happening, and I saw, I think it was Brett tweeted out that Dan Champion loves the business. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, Crimson Mask, Crimson Mask. And then I saw it. I'm like, what do he do? Like, scratch his chin too hard? Come on, Dan. No, it was, it, was, it, it, it was bleeding quite a bit, you know? I wasn't sure if it was, like, um, scrape on the chin or, like, busted lip or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, looked pretty mm-hmm. vicious for Dan, you know? <laughs> getting that sympathy, getting the crowd behind him. <laughs> Uh, right, there was one thing bad. that I did chastise Dan uh, for afterwards, you know, because uh, Dan has been a baddie his whole time in the LVAC, you know. Yeah. And now he's a goodie and the fans are firmly behind him. They've been wanting to, ch- wanting to chant for him for a long time. And now they can and they do. Uh, but early on in the match, he took the microphone and he said, if you're going to cheer for me, you got to do it right. Big Dan, Big Dan, because I guess they were doing it with a different cadence. <laughs> they were like, Big Dan, Big Dan, <laughs> whatever it was, you know, and I'm like, and I said, to Dan, I go, y- you getting on the mic and telling the fans they're chanting for you wrong is a heel move. <laughs> yeah, Um, you might just want to be like, well, that's how they're going. I'm going with them. Or if I'm, you know, or I could like change what I'm doing in the match or you know, something to get without getting in the microphone and like literally telling them like you're cheering for me wrong. Um, yeah. And I just had to give Dan a little needling uh, for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's new. It's new for him. He's not a natural baby face like me, you know, well, just a likable person. Oh, that... <laughs> uh, so it's going to take him a little work. I, I appreciate you giving him some pointers, but he is very, 
he he's very good at being a heel, and it's going to take a little bit of work to to land this baby face thing. But I think he'll get it. I I have faith in Dan as well, but I kid Dan because I love and he don't listen to this show, you know. Yeah, that's why I say so much shit about him because he doesn't listen. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get down to business. Yeah. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. So, this day in wrestling history, we're going to work backwards from here, right? Okay. Uh, This day in wrestling history, uh, in 2003, World Wrestling Entertainment held the Backlash event from Worcester, Mass. Worcester. Yes. Um, (laughs) And again, it was a very 2003 World Wrestling Entertainment show, uh, except the main event was in his first World Wrestling Entertainment match, Goldberg beating The Rock. Oh, what a great memory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This would be, like I said, Goldberg's first match. This would be The Rock's last match until the following year's WrestleMania. Um, You know, obviously the build-up to all this with heel Hollywood Rock on TV was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and... Things don't go so well for Goldberg in his first run of the World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, he wins the title, but, eh, you know, kind of kind of not well, the best. He got to be gold, gold dust sidekick. And he wore the wig, you know, because yeah. <laughs> we, we need to humiliate him backstage, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that, that'll teach you to be successful somewhere else. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is a, you know, standard, um, oh, I think this is also the first, um, Brock Lesnar, John Cena match. Okay. Uh, first run Brock, right? Oh yeah. 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 Cause he, he left the same time Goldberg did at mania. Well, no. Okay. So, right. So Lesnar had debuted. We're a year into Lesnar's run at this point. Yeah. And then he leaves the following WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 04, uh, when Goldberg leaves. Yeah, it was Austin going over as the referee over both of the guys that wrestled. Right. Okay. And this this match also this show also has Big Show versus Rey Mysterio, which is if you've ever seen that GIF of Rey on the stretcher on the backboard and Big Show just picking up Rey on the backboard and hitting the ring post with him. And then just dropping Ray, like yes. when he can't brace himself. Oh, yeah. That's where this is from. Good times. Uh, so, again, also on this day in wrestling history, 21 years ago, uh, was the second ever Ring of Honor show, A Night of Appreciation. Uh, Eddie Guerrero had been re-signed by the World Wrestling Entertainment, but they were allowing him to run out his uh, independent dates And this was, if not the last one, one of the last ones that he got to do before going back to WWE. Okay. Um, And again, it's still a very young Ring of Honor, still working itself out. Some names that would not stick around very long. Um, Names that would go on to become household names in the world of wrestling, Ring of Honor, whatever. Um, Two notable things that I would mention. This is the first ever low-key versus AJ Styles match. I like one of those guys, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the r- debut in Ring of Honor of the Ring Crew Express. I've never heard of them. 
Uh, Dunn and Marcos, you've never heard of the ring? Oh, my God. You're going to get so many angry messages <laughs> uh, specifically from the Rochester area after this. No, I'm sorry. I've never heard of them. How dare you? Um, but there's also a Texas Wrestling Academy gauntlet match. Um, Spanky, American Dragon, Paul London, Michael Shane, and John Hope. Um, now you're you're gonna say to yourself, I know four of those five names, right? I, yeah, I don't know the last one. All right. So the reason you don't know John Hope's name, um, so during this match, it starts off with him and Paul London, and Paul London goes and does an acai moonsault to the outside, and John Hope catches him, but on the catch, John Hope breaks his leg. And when I say breaks his leg, Adam, I mean this is his last wrestling match ever. He got Joe Theismond. It was really bad. Okay. And a lot of the promotion of this show, um, you know, when it came out on videotape, was like, oh, it's Eddie Guerrero's last match before going back to WWE, but also, like, witness the horrific injury to John Hope. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ghouls <laughs> exactly well it was rob feinstein what are you gonna do yeah um the next ring of honor ring of honor would take the month of may off uh and their next show which will you know we'll talk about in the timeline because if everything's lining up here 21 years ago uh we'll be talking about my first ring of honor show and i'm very excited to talk about that in june all right i still haven't had my first ring of honor show Oh, my goodness. You've seen Ring of Honor. You're aware of Ring of Honor, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, I've never been there. That's all. Okay. Does If uh, I go to a Ring of Honor show now, does that count? Can I still yeah. say? All right. Making sure. Making sure I can still have the cred. Because I'll, I'll, you know me, I'll claim that I've seen the original Ring of Honor, but. You could say that this is the Ring of Honor that did not cast Carrie Silk in thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes, this is the one that made money. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's making money, but it's not going to carry a lot of money. Is out of this. Gotcha. All right, so now it's time for our head-to-head -head 1998, 25 years ago, Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro. Uh, Monday Nitro taking place from the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. Now, Nitro is still three hours. However, due to the NBA playoffs... The first hour of Nitro airs live from 8 to 10. The second and third hours of Nitro air the next day. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't remember that, but that okay. sounds WCW-ish. And they even say during the course of this program um, that regarding Thunder, they just say, we don't know when Thunder will be airing this week, so please check your local listings. <laughs> WCW, um, everybody. So, the, obviously, the first hour of Nitro, as it always would be, is very promo-heavy. Um, but we would most notably get yet another saga in our updates of how Dean Malenko is doing in retirement from one young Chris Jericho. Friday, from 4 to 6 p.m., when tickets go on sale, we go from a great young man trying to terminate... Welcome! To Monday night, Jericho! To this guy. He didn't paint that picture. You know what? I'd like to thank you, Quasi Juice Guerrero, because ever since I beat you for your mask, 
your persona, your identity, which is a fine mamma jamma of a necklace, I might say. I've left you as a shell of your former self. No further evidence than last week when I had you screaming, I quit! I quit! When I had you in the clutches of the lion tamer. And speaking of quitters... He didn't quit. He refused. You want that shirt? Thank you. That's the airbrush one. That's not the real one. An exclusive interview with Dean Malenko. So, Dean, how does it feel to be the number two wrestler in the entire world? Next to myself, of course. Speaking to the mic, Dean. <laughs> and, Dean, congratulations on being the new fry cook at Harry's Burgers in Tampa, Florida. You got the job. Excuse me, he's <laughs> a little bit nervous. And lastly, Dean, how does it feel to be sitting at home a quitter after you were beaten by your role model, your hero, your idol, Lionheart Chris Jericho. He's a little more talkative than usual. Well, Dean, don't you fret. You can live vicariously through the true man of a thousand and four holds. Because I'm going to dedicate this match to you, Dean. I love you, little trooper. Thank you! Ah. <laughs> oh. Now, for a good chunk of that, they had to cut in very tight on Jericho. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, there was a guy in the front row with a sign that said, The flock sucks a cock. <laughs> Joe, why would you take a sign to Nitro with the set? <laughs> Come on! I don't know. Well, again, anyway, no comment. I was not at this Nitro. You're bitter that he left ECW. I get it. But that's... No, I was still a fan of Raven. Come on. Yeah. So, again, like I said, we only get an hour, you know, in this day in wrestling history for us on Nitro. Well, over on Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw is live. Monday Night Raw is from Hampton, Virginia. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get out my 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 atlas here. Hampton, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. Huh, those are only like 15 minutes away from each other. Hmm. It's like you can almost drive a Jeep there. Well, okay. So, I don't know how much of this you want to get into, because, like, it's all over the internet today, of course, you know? Mm. Um, But this is one of, if not the most overinflated moments in the history of the Monday Night Wars. We'll just play the first part, okay? All right. Not the other nine. (laughs) What I want to know is, does anybody here have any of the free tickets that WCW gives away to try to fill up their TV? And if anybody doesn't know, this is D-Generation X, and we are carrying the fight for the front line against WCW tonight. We have fired the first shot in the world. And another thing, we just want to say what's up to our boys, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Oh, there's the tank. Yeah. Everybody thinks that, like, they have a Mandela effect. Maybe it's the giant, like, pipe on the top, but they all thought it was a tank. Get a shot of them closing the gate. The war war begins, but the cowards ended by closing the gate. WCW is a bunch of cowards. As we stand, we stand now. Go down there. Go down there. All the way down. We stand now at your door. Knocking on that door. 
solution and fight the war. Degeneration Act now knocks on your door. We call you out, WCW. Open the door. Degeneration Act knocks at your door. We are asking you. Degeneration Act calls you to accept the battle. No. I feel like Hunter didn't come with a lot of things prepared to say. All we want to do is talk. We would like. That's all. Hey, Eric Bishop, if you got a minute, like you to come on, just want to have a word with you. If you just got a second, please open the door. We would like to speak to Mr. Bishop. This is Sean Waltman. I just thought I'd come by and give you a chance to tell me what you're wearing today and let you leave. Okay, so um, I like that everyone involved in this takes credit for this, mm-hmm. and this is one of the most and and in the in all the Monday night you know the WWE produced Monday Night War things was DX drove a tank to WCW show while it was live and going on. And WCW ran scared, right? Mm-hmm. That's very clearly not what happened. Uh, Triple H takes credit for this. Uh, Vince Russo takes credit for this. Uh, Bruce Pritchard takes credit for this. Russo claims he wrote in the script the day before that DX brings a rocket launcher to Nitro. Okay, Bro, it's going to be sweet. <laughs> right. Because, again, a rocket launcher. Whatever. Okay? Now, obviously, this very clearly taped during the day. Um, you know, I don't even think the show is running live at this point. Um, in Bischoff's mind, this was going on while he was in the ring with Hogan. But, like, Bischoff, you know, his memory ain't so good. Um, but the one thing... Doesn't Bischoff claim it was that if he knew they were out there, he would have invited them in because it would have yes. been great television? Yes. Full of shit. <laughs> but again, like when they were there, it's like three in the afternoon and like fans are lining up. I think there was also a doctored sign uh, that they did for the Norfolk scope on WWE TV saying that it was um, still free tickets available, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I'll give Bischoff credit for is he says um, in a lot of the interviews that this doesn't work. Like it worked, okay? But it doesn't work in the way that it does without Sean Waltman, having just recently been in WCW. Okay. If it was that. just Billy and Road Dog and Hunter and China, it's something. But the fact that Waltman cut the promo on TV two weeks ago, and now he's here at WCW's doorstep, that adds a little bit more like realism to it. Yeah. Um, it's... It's it like a recently fired guy going back to his old job to talk shit. Yeah. You know, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Down to the docks at the importer exporter business. <laughs> yeah. Yelling at other longshoremen about the way that they're packing the end caps or whatever. Yeah. Let, let Dave Holden go. Let Dave Holden oh go. God. What I want to know is. No, I don't want to watch this again. All right. So, but. Things do actually also happen on this uh, episode of Monday Night Raw. 
Um, you know, of course, Jeff Jarrett continues his winning ways. Not really. Uh, Owen Hart turns and joins the nation. Okay. And um, there is a Dude Love promo that did not come up because this is the night after Backlash. And I wish this promo got put up, but it's another good one where uh, Dude had won the match by disqualification over Austin at the pay-per-view. So he postulates one of three scenarios that should happen um, is that there should be a 16-man tournament of any former WWE champions that are still in the company and uh, them getting, you know, and and Dude Love getting a buy in the first round um, or doing a rematch between Dude Love and the previous World Wrestling Entertainment champion, which would have been Shawn Michaels, or Vince just come out and hand Dude the title here. Um, We get... options were good. Right. Uh, we get dude. Uh, we get Austin versus Goldust in the main event, and again, they're so hard hammering the Montreal Screwjob stuff. Like Vince is out at ringside as the as the timekeeper, Jerry Briscoe's the referee, and so on and so forth. And they're just keep on hammering it. Like we're six months away from it, and it's every week on TV, which I think a lot of people forget about, like how much they were still harping on the Montreal Screwjob stuff. Now, granted all these little pieces of stuff that they're trying finally make the masterpiece at the next pay-per-view, but we'll get there when we get there. Sure. Okay. A lot of this era of dude love, I forgot, Oh, you know, like I, I, in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of other people who don't have the memory that you do, will just remember like corporate mankind, you know, and that kind of turn, mm-hmm. but like the dude love heel era. It is very fuzzy to me. It, it doesn't last long. Like, it's yeah. two months, if that, you know? Sure. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in WWE that had very short runs, but, like, are iconic and stick out, you know? Yep. And, and like I said, this is the big, like, if it wasn't before, this absolutely is. Um, Like, I, like, barely, like, there was a time where, like, I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I watch the Raven stuff. I'll make sure I watch the Jericho stuff on WCW. But, like, I had no idea the top of the card stuff. Like, we missed the formation of the Wolfpack last week. And Conan joins the Wolfpack this week. And, like, the segment isn't on the network version of the Nitro because they start singing, like, a song that they don't have rights to. So they can't have the segment on the Nitro, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, like, moments that happen that I didn't see that don't even live on in prosperity because they're not on the network versions of these Nitros. That's why I say copyright is to be ignored. Let's just do everything uh, on the internet. Just download it, watch it, whatever. Like, no, stupid peacock. I hate I'd be peacock. Hard, I'd be hard pressed to disagree with any of these statements. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So no, it's okay. So that's enough of uh, our wrestling history stuff. Let's get into uh, what we want to talk about from uh, this last week in wrestling. All right, late-breaking news. Aaron Judge is hurt and just got removed from the game. So one less screen to distract me, Joe. One less screen, but I'm very upset right now. Who was Uh, he going to get drafted to? (laughs) uh, Hopefully a better team than the Yankees because he's fucking dog shit and team's Mm -hmm. dog shit, and I hate baseball, and it's stupid. Um, But anyways, (laughs) that's for later on in the show. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about what I watched instead of LVAC, which, as you alluded to, was AIW Dam. 
And just a couple quick hits on this, but like some highlights. I want to say first things first. Once again, myself and Chuck Stone, we were robbed. I am not liking the fact that John Thorne seems to be stacking the deck against us. Uh, we're not, you know, you can't just put us in a match that has like people cheating and uh, or people that are better than us. I don't like it. We should be winning every match. But bulking season got robbed. Um, the surprise opponents for the Bitcoin boys was the triumphant return of the trademark name Army, which was Wes Barkley and Swaggle, which was a huge pop, obviously. <laughs> um I, uh, sadly, Wes and Swaggle didn't win the tag titles. Again, the Duke becomes a problem in another match, but we may see at some point in the next year, Swaggle versus the Duke for the Haas boot. So I am looking forward to that. Um, PME versus Euthanasia in a cage. Not only did Philly Collins show that he loves the business, like Philly was gushing like he was Wheeler Yuta. Like it looked like a fire hose coming from his face. Uh, but also referee and friend of the show, Tom Dunn, he also got color in the match. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, but finally, the main event, you have Josh Bishop, who also loves the business. He got busted open during the match. Of versus, course. Versus Broski, Steph DeLander, and Fonzie. And, you know, I, I, I joke around, Joe. I pretend to be a Broski apologist. But uh-huh. I, I assumed... That this was going to be, you know, kind of like the, the we're running back the match we should have got at Absolution, and this is going to be Bishop getting his win over Broski. But shockingly, I was very shocked Broski retained the AIW Absolute Belt. So, uh, top to bottom, really fun show. Lots of bleeding, uh, fun cage match, uh, good show. And like I said, I stayed home. I just didn't want to travel for LVAC. Nothing against LVAC. Um, but I watched that on fight just so I can get my, my $8 worth every month. Yep. I didn't get a chance to watch the full show. Um, but I did watch, you know, the heavy hitter matches, um, Broski and JB, um, Bitcoin boys versus what did you call them? The trademark nation army, the trademark name army. That's actually what it says on the Chiron. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if you got a chance to listen to, uh, the card is going to change this week with John Thorne. Him telling the story about how all that came to be is great, and um, in some, and I would say one of the rarest moments, uh, John spent a good chunk of the show uh, extolling the virtues and putting over a young Arthur MacArthur. Wow, what does already have on him? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, um, you know, John doesn't heap praise on people very often. Um, and I know Artie gets a lot of shit from a lot of people, you know, deserved or undeserved, what have you. Um, but like I said, I think John was uh, very complimentary to Artie this week in the podcast. And I thought that was uh, if Artie didn't get a chance to listen to it, I want everyone to know that that happened. You know, well, I mean, I was I was going to listen anyways, but it's getting moved up to the top of my queue now. There you go. Uh, so let's uh, talk about. Uh, AEW this week, and uh, hey, while I may not be a Roderick Strong guy, and I think we talked about him on the uh, last week when we were saying who's someone that should be released from their World Wrestling Entertainment contracts. Yeah, yeah. Um, him showing up in AEW as a genuine surprise, like did not get leaked by any side whatsoever. And uh, him doing the run-in save there for Adam Cole with the Jericho Appreciation Society was a legitimately cool moment. Yeah, because, I mean, last week we were under the impression that he was just 
you know, signed but not being used by WWE, correct? Yep. Like, I, I felt like everybody was under the impression that he was still under contract and we didn't hear anything about him getting released or his contract expiring because I was under the impression that, like, right before Cole and O'Reilly left, like, he re-signed. You know, that was what I had heard, you know? So, obviously, if that was true, then he had to have been released. But I I was surprised. I'm I'm more of an undisputed era mark than I am any of the parts, if that makes sense. Right, big Bobby Fish guy, I get you. <laughs> yeah, no, cool Kyle, and you know, but I, I like the presentation of the group. Um Roder Strong coming in doesn't really do anything for me unless we also get Kyle soon. Hopefully he's getting better. But yeah, I was surprised and I always pop for a little kill switch engage. That's his theme song, I believe, right? Uh yes. All right. But yeah, no, I like that. It was cool. And like you said, the fact that it wasn't, you know, being rumored on Twitter or the dirt sheets for weeks was something unique. Absolutely. I thought that was really cool. I like surprise. Like, I get things stooged off to me, but I like surprises. Yeah. And have we found out since then, like, ha- had he been released or did his contract end? What Anything like that? He ain't saying nothing. I'm assuming his contract quietly expired, you know? Okay. Now maybe he signed like a one-year extension and it just ended or something. I guarantee you the powers to be just forgot he existed, you know, at WWE. They got a lot more going on than that, but, you know, there was a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they forgot he existed like he's bad or anything because he's definitely not. But like you said, they so far under the radar, low on priorities. It's like, all right, you know, the comings and goings of Roderick Strong isn't important. But did you see Stokely Hathaway's tweet, like, right after Roderick's debut? Yeah. (laughs) Just like a gif. It's like, don't I know you from somewhere? But it's like, hey, Diamond Mine uh, can be revived. (laughs) So it's one of those things where Roddy just kind of, like, kept his mouth shut and kept things quiet and then you know, allowed his contract to expire or whatever it was. And I know there had been a story like for the last like two or three weeks where I don't know what their names are, their gimmicks are now, whatever the hell it is. I don't watch NXT no more. Um, but the grizzled young vets were looking to get their release. And it was like the stories were uh, they'd asked for their release. They got their release. Then they were denied their release and then Tuesday, both of them tweeted out saying that we asked for our release. We were denied our release. Our contracts are up on October 13th. Uh, we look forward to, you know, not being in WWE anymore, <laughs> essentially. Right? Yeah. So, and again, not a knock on the grizzled young vets, but I would do more to try to keep Roderick strong than them if I was yeah. in charge of World Wrestling Entertainment. But again, Roddy kept his mouth shut and they probably forgot. Where these guys, if they just kind of kept their mouths shut, you know, it's it's six months. It's less than six months. I don't know. Just uh, keep your head down, collect whatever pittance you get from being a NXT guy, and, you know, hope they forget about you come October, you know? Yeah. And I, on one hand, it's, I think more people should take a lesson from Roderick Strong, not because not like a, a knock on WWE, but like if you want to jump ship somewhere, it's more impactful if you're not talking about every little comings and goings of your contract, you know? Yeah. But also grizzled young vets aren't exactly going to get a huge pop if they show up somewhere else at the uh, come October. Mm. At a Maybe. UK at a UK yeah. AEW show, they might have. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> 
All right. Um, I just so for your own knowledge, I have actually two quick things to, to talk about this week. Two more uh, things. So all right. Um, but I'm just gonna. This one's a real quick one, and just because uh, I mentioned him in the previous uh, talking point, but news broke right after we recorded last week, which seems to be the case. And a lot of times it's scooped and booped by other shows, but it this one wasn't. This one made it all the way to Thursday, but. Everybody knows that the VCW champion, heavyweight champion of the world, is our friend the Boar. And this past week it was announced that on July 29th. Oh my goodness. A little somebody, a little a little toy toy boy Broski is coming to the territory. And you know, I tried to put some feelers out to see what was what was going on with that. I think I got no sold. I think I got kayfabed. But I'm going to speak it into a microphone so I can speak it into existence. I want to see the most toyetic man in wrestling versus Matt Cardona. That's right. I want to see the boar defend his VCW heavyweight championship of the world against Matt Cardona. If this happens, not only does the boar become the national uh, wrestling superstar that he deserves to be, but we also get a major bendy, Joe. Then we get a gummy boar repaint major bendy. And then we might even get a big rubber guy. I'm all down for this. I think it's win, 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 win for everybody. I tweeted it out. Uh, Broski saw it. He gave it a like. Uh, I think he's too scared of the boar to uh, say anything back about it. But again, I have no inside knowledge of anything. But the fact that uh, Broski is sniffing around in the indie that our buddy the boar is the champion of, I think it only makes sense that that is the marquee matchup that pops the territory. Well, I, I didn't get any word. Um, you know, obviously, we all had our opinions on how the boar should be running his life and his career <laughs> when it comes to the world of sports and entertainment. Uh, he won that title for the VCW, the only VCW that ever made money uh, on his own. And uh, I like to think I helped a little. <laughs> <laughs> and with them bringing Broski and again, boar, you know, he's the champion. He's the biggest baby face in the company. And when VCW rolled out their announcement for Broski, um, you know, there's two sets of promo picks that they use. There's smiling Broski and there's mean mugging Broski. And they used mean mugging Broski pictures. Mm-hmm. So nothing official has been announced yet. But again, you say this into, into the public consciousness. I say this into the public consciousness. If it's announced that it's Broski versus the boar, in any way, shape, form, or whatever, that's your soon-to-be-named network uh, meetup. Meet I think all points of the uh, greater northeastern area are going to be converging in Virginia on that night uh, to cheer our good friend and Boo Broski. Well, <laughs> 100%. I already told the board that I would be there if that happened, even if it's a tag match or some kind of three-way or something like that. I, I, how many times are you going to have that opportunity to have our worlds collide like that, you know? Absolutely. Um, but like I said, we're still three months away from that show even happening, uh, but I'm throwing it out there to the rest of our listenership. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the dumb stuff that we talk about in the show, you know our feelings, both mine and Adam's on Broski. Uh, you know, Boar is one of the best brothers around. Let's all meet up there, man. If it's Broski versus Boar, that's the biggie, you know? Yeah, 
And absolutely, like, if you saw, I, I tweeted out probably last Friday, you know, and it just basically, yeah, I wasn't attacking Broski. I was just saying, hey, congrats on the booking. But uh, I suggest that maybe for your own well-being that you, you know, you try to stay away from the boar because he'll squash you. But, you know, if you feel like tweeting something out, you know, in support of the boar at Broski, you know, by all means, let him know that there's a toyetic mofo uh, just waiting to, to, to stomp him down. I know I have one uh, unwieldy hashtag out there that hasn't gotten a much um, much play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to put together another one. I don't know if this VCW is on social media. I know they got a Facebook and a YouTube, but I don't know if they got no Twitter. You know, no, I I, uh, I, I did a journalism, and they only do Facebook. Mm-hmm. Which is why it was very difficult for me to find information on this show and everything like that. All right, I'll I'll talk to the board this weekend, and we'll figure out something. All right, perfect. Um, Uh, So, oh, oh, I'll just throw this out here as well. Um, I liked the presentation on AEW this week of the friendship of Sammy Guevara and MJF. This has been the most effective and believable MJF has been as a heel in his entire run in AEW. He needs to act more like this, not shoot inside terms, not pandering to the crowd. He needs to be a jerk off. Mm-hmm. And he needs to have that other person who's just as equally as a jerk off and equally as unlikable and just turn their unlikableness up to 11 and not in a cool way where we cheer them, but in a way where we can't wait to see them get their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It has been a, I don't want to say a different side of Max, but, you know, a, a more palatable Max the yeah. last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, credit for Max to elicit a heel reaction for Sammy Guevara. Yes, <laughs> credit to Max to elicit a reaction, period, for Sammy Guevara. <laughs> yeah, plus the fact that Tay's been out there the last couple of weeks, at least to walk Sammy down to the ring, that has definitely been a plus. Yeah, he is the face of women's wrestling. The face? The face. I feel like it's been a while since we said that. We have to say it every once in a while or else we lose the trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to order a jar of MGF pickles, Joe? No, I'm not a pickle guy. Me neither. Maybe you could keep it mint in jar. No. <laughs> do pickles keep? I don't know. They do. You pickle them and they stay for a long time. Okay. Some pickled pickles. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. I, my third, my rare third thing I just want to mention is WWE's silly third world title. And that was announced on Monday Night Raw this past week. Um, as far as the belt itself, I just want to say I think it looks stupid. That's purely subjective. I think it looks tiny. I think it looks too much like a shrunk down AEW belt. And I get it's trying to kind of elicit big gold, but still be small. I don't know. I don't like how it looks, but what I dislike even more is the fact that it exists. Like, all right, we painted ourselves into the corner of having this big bad who can't be beat, which is awesome. I love Roman. And the fact that he has both belts and this is much better detailed on final wrestling place this week because they talked about their fears of a third world title being introduced. So go check that out. But like, all right, we have two world championships on one guy. So we're just going to introduce a third one, but 
the other two still exist and this one doesn't have lineage to the other two and we're not going to strip Roman of one of them. It's you have a company that now has three world titles, which just doesn't make any sense. And I'm sure Joe predict this right now that maybe not at next year's WrestleMania, but the year after you're going to be a unification where there's all three of the belts are going to get unified. And then you're going to have three separate world titles with three separate world title lineages. It's just sloppy booking, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like it at all. And it's obviously a lot of people making the joke. It's Cody's title. It's the consolation prize, yada, yada. I, I don't like any of it. It's definitely the second place title. Yeah, um, third place, if you want to think about it. you know. Right, okay. And, and yeah, so, you know, the Raw and the SmackDown, and that's what they essentially are, whether the Universal or the Undisputed, whatever the hell they're called, right? Roman has characters around two belts, but for the last almost 1,000 days, he's been one champion. Um, and it, this is not preferred. I know Tim and Marcus on uh, Final Wrestling Place were talking about this on Monday, that there was the rumor, the innuendo about this happening, and I didn't want to believe it. But then, like, I was, like, making up all these other scenarios in my head of what they could or should do. I don't like them adding another title. I had this on my list of things to talk about as well. But at least they're not stripping Roman of one of the titles. Like, even though they kind of are... They're not outright saying it until they decide to say that there's a lineage from one of the other two belts that now get attached to this belt, which I certainly hope they don't do, but I'm afraid that they're going to. And I know the whole gimmick is whatever show Roman gets drafted to, the other show will compete for this title. Yeah. And the fact that it was unveiled on Raw makes me believe that Roman's getting drafted to SmackDown. And I have a feeling that once this is all official and once this new champion is crowned at Night of Champions, which is a show I will not be watching because it's the Saudi blood oil money show. At that point, Roman will go to just carrying around one of the belts as opposed to two belts in the hopes to cause less confusion than there already is with, as you said, Adam, there being three world titles. Yeah. First of all, I don't like the idea of only having one belt because it's two different lineages and it just looks cooler having two belts. Mm -hmm. But if you are going to go to one belt, make a new one and definitely don't go to the same belt designer that did the most recently unveiled one. Just keep the same design and maybe change the color, you know, instead of having a blue one or a red one or a blue or a black or whatever, have it be gold in the background. Make it look nice. Just an idea. Or go to a classic design, like something that's not going to, you know what I mean? Like, bring back the eagle. Yeah, bring back the winged eagle. Bring back, like, the green one with all, like, the funky plates on it that Hogan held the first time in 84. (laughs) You know, something that looks cool and classic. Like, not everything needs to be black and silver and, you know, modern. Like, have it look different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even like something, you know, actual big gold would be a, 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 a like a step up over the one that was introduced on Monday. Yeah, there's discussion that that can't be used for whatever reason um, hmm. because the likeness of it, the rights to it or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, we're talking about this and, you know, as we discuss and as we record and as many of you may be listening to this. 
Uh, WWE is doing another draft this upcoming Friday. Um, Adam and I had toyed with the idea of doing something similar uh, just to kind of see how we would tackle what the WWE has to tackle this week um, in the hopes of making two distinctly different brands, trying to do something to set one apart from the other. Um, They're doing 10 picks for each show on SmackDown this week. They're doing 10 picks for each show on Raw this week. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, the supplemental draft. Yeah, <laughs> where, where most of the talent finds out where their shoot going to be working. Exactly. So Adam and I are going to have a little fun. Um, I, I didn't realize that it was SmackDown first and then Raw, but I did acquiesce beforehand uh, to allow Adam to have the first pick. Um, you make that sound like I campaigned for it. No, no, I acquiesce. Listen, you you asked me, what do you want? And I said, oh, I was going to let you go first, right? Yeah. And that was it. I'm like, I'm acquiescing. I'm giving up. You know, I'm opting to go second. Okay, fair enough. After you gave me the choice, I could have said, I want to go first, fucker. You know? Yeah. What and kind I know of jerk I would do that? Draft king, excuse me. Uh, the draft show king, all hail. Draft show king, excuse me. Yes. Now, again, of course, you know, just like World Wrestling Entertainment drafting, um, you could draft tag teams together as one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you could uh, draft a stable together as one pick. Um, you know, like if Adam wanted to pick the Judgment Day, you know, he can't say like, well, I want the Judgment Day, but I don't want Rhea. Well, that's not that doesn't count as one pick now. Like you're you're drafting a stable like everyone or nothing. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, like the New Day got drafted and they left behind Big E. Okay. You know, so like if you want the entire, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want the Judgment Day, whatever. But like if you said I want all of the Judgment Day, that's a valid thing. If you said I just want uh, Dominic Mysterio, that's valid. You could say I want Dominic and right. Damian Priest as a tag team. That's valid. Like uh, I think okay. they're all valid options. Just leave it on the table. All right. I don't think it's going to come into play, at least not for my picks. Right. But who knows? I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, you might take my, my, my game plan here and might throw the whole thing in upheaval. But, uh, I, Joe, I have to tell you, the pick is in. No, we're not doing the music every time. I'm doing it again. No, 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 no. All right. Unless you want to edit the show and put that in every time. No, I was doing it just by a joke. But for the with the first pick, and I am Monday Night Raw, correct? So Monday Night Raw selects... The million dollar mega star from Hagerstown, Maryland, LA Knight. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was af- yeah. so I was afraid you were going to do that just to f- so that's a spite pick, but that's a spite pick on you. That's going to bite you in the ass. You know what I mean? We'll see. All right. So, uh as Smackdown uh as my first pick, um I pick Roman with Paul Heyman. Okay. I still don't know how uh, I'm just going to take Roman off my board. See, if, if I had taken Roman, I would have just taken the bloodline. Right. I, I can do it without the bloodline. I, I'm, we will, we'll deal with the bloodline later if we have to. All right. So I have already selected uh, a top male performer. Mm-hmm. So I need a top female performer, Joe. Okay. And I'm just going to pick one at random. Uh, can really be anybody. Uh, I'm going to take Alexa Bliss. 
I'm glad you're taking this very seriously. What? I am. She's a like multiple time women's champion. You're, are you saying that selecting a woman on your brand is not taking it seriously, Joe? Do you want to get canceled? Please. <laughs> I, I, I could, I could deal with a, a break in my life. Please cancel me over this. Right. Um, so for my second pick, um, I am going to pick the tag team champions of uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Okay. Uh yeah. If I didn't waste a pick on LA Knight, I could have taken them. Uh, I am going to take the trio along with the Intercontinental Title of Imperium. Mm-hmm. Not taking it seriously, man. Walter, no, you're off. not. So, how, am I, uh, how am I not? I, uh, so to combat you with that, uh, I am going to take uh, the trio, I guess, uh, of the LWO of Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and he, he he's always Raul Mendoza to me, but Cruz del Toro. 205 and live, yeah. Right. I want two oh five and live on my show for my third pick. Do you want? Are you taking Zelina with him? Uh, sure, sure. All right, I'm just making sure. See, she's part of the this, act, right? You're not taking this seriously, Joe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I need to take next. Uh, again, top babyface to maybe uh, feud with my uh, my number one heel. I am going to take Otis. Mm. With Maxine Dupree. That hurts a couple picks. <laughs> See, I'm winning. All right. So uh, for my next pick, uh, I am going to take um, Bianca Belair. Oh, that was my next pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, delete this. I guess I will take Becky Lynch. Okay. My next pick, I'm going to take Montez Ford. Just Montez Ford. Okay. All right. I, I, I like that. Uh, you know what? I need a, a giant attraction for my brand. I'm going to take Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Your sixth pick. My sixth pick? Okay. Uh, For my sixth pick, uh, I am going to take uh, Bailey. All right. Uh, Joe, I feel like, I again, I am all for diversity and inclusion. I want to have a strong female division. I'm going to go with Cora Jade. Main events, Cora Jade. (laughs) <laughs> yep alright um so we are gonna go and we are gonna dip into um NXT yeah I mean that's, I know, that's I know I mentioned last week of course I wanted to see them get released but not if I'm trying to build my brand uh I want Brutus and Julius the Creed Brothers okay not on my draft list but uh alright not bad. I'm going to take just Finn Balor. Mm. I had just Finn on my list as well. Uh, so my next pick, I'm going to take the Viper Randy Orton. The oh, waste of a pick. 
No way, baby. Randy Orton versus Roman is one of the only matchups that Roman hasn't had. A, like, he's one of the only big-name guys that Roman hasn't had a program with. All right. Uh, I'm going to take, since I, I don't have the bloodline, but I will take the Usos with Solo. Okay. Okay, then what do I, I got two more picks left? Yep, that was my ninth. Okay. So, for my next pick, again, I'm, gonna, I'm building more of a tag team show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also from NXT, uh, I'm going to take Pretty Deadly. Okay. You had me uh, a little worried there because you kept mentioning NXT, and my final pick is also from NXT. I am taking Chase U, Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, and Thea Hale. They were on my list as a group as well. It was between them and the LWO folks. Yeah, I was worried because those guys, I, I those were on my draft list from the very start, and I just assumed they would they would be there at the end for me. And uh, as my last pick, I'm taking Bronson Reed. He's also on my list. He, he could have easily gone in, gone in there if I didn't take the Usos and Solo. All right, that's um, not bad. I, I, can I just say uh, I, we didn't agree to this or anything like that, and it doesn't mean anything, but I have also selected my announce team. Okay. It's uh, Kayla Braxton, Kathy Kelly, and Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh-huh. <laughs> Raw is going to be the Grease show. <laughs> How did uh, what's her face with the fucking rose not get picked this high on the list? Uh, Gigi's at risk of maybe getting t- knocked out of the Adam Van Special Top Ten. There might mm. be some upheaval. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm just happy nobody picked Cody. <laughs> <laughs> and how would me picking LA Knight bite me in my ass? Like, how? When did that happen? Me not getting Roman? Was that your you, mindset? You don't know LA Knight like I know LA Knight. <laughs> oh, that was that's a true. Fight pick, so I couldn't take LA Knight. Is what that was. That is true. I just assumed you would retaliate with a spite pick and take Alexa Bliss, and then oh. we would have just had a trade. <laughs> I want no trades. I want a good show. <laughs> good luck. When L.A. Well, Knight asks for his release. <laughs> well, I'll just say this. Uh, let's just go ahead and go down our roster real quick, and I will send out a tweet from the show account tomorrow asking who had the better, who has the better roster. Yeah, like, my, my thought is, like, when my SmackDown rolls into town and, like, the, the, the big uh, semi-truck pulls in and you see these faces on the side of the truck where they put up the posters that SmackDown's coming to to whatever the hell, the, the what's it called here, the Mohegan Sun Arena here in Wilkes-Barre? Yeah. And they put that poster up. Are you going to go see the, the people that are on the Raw poster or are you going to go see the people that are on the SmackDown poster? Yeah. Uh, all right, so my, ca- or my roster is LA Knight, Alexa Bliss, Imperium, which is Walter and his two friends, uh, Otis with Maxine Dupree, Becky Lynch, Brock Lesnar, Cora Jade, Finn Balor, The Usos and Solo, and Chase U, Andre Chase, Thea Hale, and Duke Hudson. And then on my end, it's uh, Roman and Paul Heyman, uh, Sammy, oh, uh, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, 
the three members of the LWO um, with Selena Vega, uh, Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, Bailey, the Creed Brothers, Randy Orton, Pretty Deadly, and Bronson Reed. All right. Do me a favor. I'm, I assume you have those written down. Just shoot, uh, take a picture of it and send it to me so I can have them tomorrow. My uh, handwriting may not be the best, but absolutely. I'll figure it out. And uh, uh, in case you were wondering, uh, the Steelers traded up to the 14th pick and took a guy named Broderick Jones. I don't know who that is. I don't know college football, but I don't know. I don't know the Steelers either. So good luck to them. <laughs> Hopefully this year they have a, a football team that they, they have. Uh, they do have a team. As far as I know, unless a plane goes down, they're going to have a team. Did I mention this on uh, After Dark that they should do? Oh, no. Oh, no, we've talked about it here. Where um, with baseball, that they should take a team like whoever does the worst, they should bust them down to the minors and bring up like a triple A team to be in the majors. Yeah, yeah. They should do that where they send a team to the XFL, like whoever (laughs) the worst team in the NFL is. You have to go play in the XFL for a year. Man, there's going to be a lot of Cleveland Browns fans watching XFL games. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, none of them listen to this show. Yeah, <laughs> man. If if there were Cleveland fans, like Cleveland Brown fans, or or Cleveland Guardians fans that listen to this show, I'd be in some deep trouble. Like there, I'd get a lot of heat. You certainly would. Thank God they don't listen. Uh, anyways, so, oh, go ahead. Nothing I said. Anyways, all right. So uh, obviously the homework that Adam assigned, which was the Marine Five Battleground, starring Mike the Miz, Maurice. Uh, oh, baby, Heath Slater, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. We'll be discussing that on, on the Patreon this week, of course. 100%. And then what I'm assigning for homework this week uh, would be the Monday Nitro, January 24th, 2000, from the Staples Center in, in Los Angeles, California. Now, again, I can't read the entire card because I don't want to give everything away. Sure. But I will say this. What we were advertised on the previous Nitro, Thunder, and WCW Saturday Night was we were going to get Sid Vicious taking on Double J Jeff Jarrett. And if Sid wins that match, he then goes on to face Kevin Nash for the vacant WCW World Heavyweight title. All right. Well, it's very unlike WCW to promise one thing and not deliver it. I don't like that. And again, I can't give you the match listing of what happens because let's just say that doesn't happen. <laughs> All uh, right. But that'll be for next week on the Patreon. Absolutely. And uh, also coming in just a couple days to Patreon, the most recent or the newest episode of Vintage Ad Odds. And Joe, just to kind of give you a snapshot of where we were in this era of time, two of the big talking points from this episode was Brie Bella kicking the head off of Liv Morgan. Do you remember that when she was doing the yes kicks and she knocked the shit out of Liv Morgan? Vaguely. <laughs> it was like a big safety. It might be the rookie appearance of safety police. Uh, and the other thing is we do a very deep dive into the potential, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega signing with NXT. Because we, oh. we are post the original All Out but prior to the announcement of All Elite Wrestling. So that was when that was all the scuttlebug about where they were going to be and uh, uh, some of your and my takes on what we would think of them going to the WWE slash NXT. Interesting. So that'll be available on the 1st. 
I like being reminded that I spoke into a microphone and have absolutely no memory of what I said. <laughs> oh, same. Like I, I, I'm learning it or I'm re-experiencing it with everybody else as I edit out all the ums and ahs. And uh, we should also plug one more time your upcoming interview with Derek Sabato. Yes, I got a chance to record that with Derek. Uh, it'll be going up on the Patreon here shortly. On uh, the next like week or so, I think, just so that you're not inundated with content over there. Um, uh, but I thought it was really good. Um, we talk about um our memories of professional wrestling and having just li- and obviously I I come from a you know in my I, I approach wrestling a little bit differently. I listen to uh Brian Myers' Extreme Conversation with uh, Raven okay. that he recorded out in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, uh, two weeks ago. And Raven laments of, like, when he first got into the business and he would go up to, like, the old timers and, like, he would mark out for, like, oh, don't you remember when this happened and that happened and this happened? And they would say no. And now Raven has become one of those guys where, like, people remember all these things that he did so fondly and he has no memory of them whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But then he vividly remembers the one time when he and his family were living uh, in Minneapolis and he cried so his dad took him to wrestling. And, like, he remembers, like, what restaurant they went to and what he had to eat and all this other stuff. Um, It's just funny what Derek remembers and what Derek doesn't remember is all I'll say. Awesome. I look forward to hearing that. Um, And if that extreme conversation somehow ends up in my email inbox, uh, that'd be awesome, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk, pal. Fair enough. All right. uh, Let's uh, get into phone calls. Let's do it. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Jayhawk. I have a, have a quick question for you guys. So, on Monday, I have a doctor's appointment. I have to have a couple of tests run. Don't think it's anything serious, but need to get a couple of things checked out. And I'm expecting that I'm probably going to be in the waiting room a little longer than I would like to be. I'm going to need something to kill time, and I don't necessarily want to just play on my phone while I'm in the waiting room. I'm wondering if you guys have any suggestions of good books I could read while I'm waiting. Uh, they can be wrestling books, they can be fiction, they can be autobiography, they can be nonfiction, they can be pretty much whatever. Just something that might kill a couple hours while I'm sitting in a waiting room, waiting on God knows what they're going to do to me. Hmm. That's pretty much it, guys. Enjoy your, enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you later. Well, I want to preface this by saying I hope everything's well, Jayhawk, and that, you know, it's just uh, they're just grabbing your nuts and telling you to turn your head and cough. But Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I hope all is well. Um, I will say one of the best things you can read on the Internet is the write-ups that are on the AtOddsWrestling.com and our Patreon. There's a lot of interesting things you can read there, so uh, go check that out. But I... I always sound like a big dummy when I say this. Like, I went to a very good high school. I went to a very good college. I have a degree, but I don't read things. <laughs> you know, so I always feel like such an idiot when I say that, that it's probably been three years since I read something, like an actual book, a si- something other than like a fantasy baseball write up or a Twitter feed. So I, I feel bad deferring to you on this show. Okay. Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, hopefully everything, hopefully it's nothing serious at the doctor, but I always say going to a doctor is a dead end street. That's why I don't go. Right. Why I don't go either. Um, and I could recommend like every wrestling book in the world. 
Um, but I'm sure Jayhawk's the kind of guy who's pretty much read every wrestling book there is. Um, and again, I, I don't want to gauge his interests and so forth, but this is kind of an old book, and I know true crime is like a hot thing right now when it comes to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite books that I read, and it's it's old, and again, I'm old, so it's old. Um, it's a book entitled The Last Victim, A True Life Journey into the Mind of a Serial Killer. The author's name is Jason Moss. Um, essentially what he did as his college project was, at the time, he wrote to every serial killer that was currently in lockup and still alive, your Ted Bundy's, your Charles Manson's, your John Wayne Gacy's, your everyone's, right? Wow. Just to kind of see what they would do. Would they write back? How would they write back? And so on and so forth. And um, it's very interesting to see how that all plays out. It's it, it's a nonfiction book, so these events actually did happen. Um, but it's one of my favorite books of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. But that definitely does sound interesting. Like I said, I'm not a book guy, but uh, that's a definitely a good premise. Yes. And I will say that they have made that premise into a movie. Avoid the movie at all costs. Okay. Like based on the book or just yes. somebody just ripping it off whole cloth? Based on the book. Um, gotcha. And the movie is real bad. Huh. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Jayhawk. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Late at night, Thursday. Getting ready to stay up, listen to you guys. Just listen to the Patreon show. For those of you who can't stay up, download it first thing Friday morning. Subscribe. Uh, anyways, so new WWE title debuted. Triple H brought out. I like it. It's just, you know, the WCW big gold belt with WWE logo on it. I'm cool with it. We're going to get a new champion. Yay. I've hated Roman having both belts. I don't like the Usos having both belts. I like having a lot of titles. I don't know if I'm the majority or minority, but I'm glad we're going to have champion on each show, even though one's part-time. However, I can see people, oh, Cody should win this. Cody should win this. Hey, I see. I see your point. I get it. No, he shouldn't. Because the whole story that we were given that still has not paid off, Cody wants to win the title his dad never did. That's not a brand new title. Not even a universal title. It's one of the titles, I don't know if it's red or blue one at this point, but one of the titles that Roman has is the one that officially has the lineage back to Buddy Rogers in WWF. That's the one Cody is supposed to win. Him just being a world champion is not the story. And I said before, I feel insulted by the story there and Night After Mania and stuff like that. I'm taking my time to enjoy a story. The story has no payoff or just swerve things for no good reason. I'm going to stop reading, listening, watching the story. But am I just being all hung up over a title? Do titles really matter? Does lineage really matter anymore? Does it matter to you guys at all? That's my question. Looking forward to the show. Talk to you later, guys. I, I think I touched on a lot of that earlier. Like Lineage does matter to me. Like I like when they they say like uh, this belt dates back to whatever like when we, when we were preparing or when I was preparing for our little draft I was on WWE's website and I ended up finding myself going to the title history page and just kind of seeing like if the 
Universal is like linked somehow to the WCW belt and like did they just end the lineage of the big gold and that kind of stuff so it had me thinking about that so lineage does matter to me but I can absolutely see Cody winning this new belt and that quote unquote finishing the story because at the end of the day it is a WWE World Heavyweight Championship and that's really all that's going to matter to like 90% of WWE fans. So like while that might bother Kevin, I wouldn't be bothered by that because at the end of the day it is a WWE belt. If that makes sense. Um yeah, and like I I guess I get where Kevin's coming from. Um you know, obviously and the will Cody the story will be what the story will be. If they decide to tell us that Cody winning this belt is him finishing the story of his father, then it is. Whether yeah. we want to believe it or not, if that's what they decide to tell us on TV, then that's what it is until they tell us it's not, which I have a feeling is what it's going to be. That Cody, you know, they're, they ha- they cannot downplay and undersell this new title immediately out of the bo- out of the block as adam mentioned at next year's wrestlemania at the following years of wrestlemania where they decide to combine all three titles into one which is obviously going to happen you know <laughs> at some point yeah. at some point they can't bury this title out of the blocks they gotta let cody treat this as the big thing so that we actually do care and then when they tell us that it doesn't matter, then it won't matter, which will inevitably happen. And, and the more I think about it, this belt and this design does just kind of look right being held by somebody wearing a suit, you know, because it's got that old timey look to it. It looks more like the NWA belt or, you know, the old big gold or something like that. So, like, the giant oversized W belt doesn't look right on a guy wearing a suit, if that makes sense. But sure. I don't know, just picture it in my head. Um, and then, you know, obviously we get to the, um, you know, you say it looks good on a guy in a suit. It just, uh, you know, holding it under his arm, or on his arm, you know, that look. Right, like, was not, this not, the belt that Nick Aldis was supposed to win if WWE wasn't under a hiring freeze right now? <laughs> you gotta settle for impact, a close second place. That's, that's right, a close second to the, second, the secondary title, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for the call, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Next call. Hey there, Joe. Adam, it's the other JB here. Uh, thank you for your recommendations about Chris Jericho. Um, Cruiserweight, um, WCW last week. I uh, appreciate those. Um, those were fun. Um, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, thanks. <laughs> Short and to the point, it's almost like a man who called right before the cutoff. <laughs> he saw the clock hit the the, the, the second hand <laughs> getting close to nine o'clock, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of something to insult him about. But uh, at this point, how much more bad things can I say about Jungle Boy? You know, uh, well, listen, he's going to get he's going to get his uh, four way main event at the pay-per-view. And that's the most important thing, you know? That is true. I will say I'll, I'll take the L on this. Last week I was complaining that you know the four way was what I wanted. And I wasn't getting it, and it's clear that that is what we're going to get. So I take I take everything back. I bad I said, but I don't know. DDP Joe, you're the one in charge of these. Uh, well, um, DDP. So 
I'll throw you an oddball and say whatever the WrestleMania was where DDP beat Christian for the European title. Uh, is it a good match? Is it a great match? No, but it's DDP's only real moment in WWF. It's WrestleMania 18, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information. Uh, there you go. Um, we have the two match series with, uh, Macho Man on pay-per-view that are great. Yeah. Um, you have the match where DDP dresses up as La Parka on Nitro to take on Macho Man. Okay. Uh, you have the series, the pay-per-view matches with Raven, um, which would have been like Spring Stampede and Uncensored 98, I think. Um, but the biggie is the Halloween Havoc. Uh, 98 match with Goldberg. Um, you don't say what you will, and the match that um, Goldberg has where he beats Raven for the U.S. title is like a five-minute like dog and pony Raven show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the match that he has with Hogan to win the world title at the Georgia Dome is a glorified squash. And the match with DDP is like the first almost like real match that goes longer than like 10 minutes that Goldberg has in his entire WCW career up to that point. And so that was, I was going to say, is that before or after his match with Regal? Um, way after, like we talked about the Regal match here. Yeah. Um, that the Regal match would have happened, like, let's say like late February, early March. Um, and that was less of a match and more of a, uh, miscommunication between, uh, all parties involved. Yeah. Um, but again, DDP versus Goldberg is the main event of Halloween Havoc 98. It's for the world title. And, you know, many people could argue, like, should DDP have won the world title there? And no, Goldberg was still really hot. Um, should DDP have won the title or gotten another match with Goldberg? Yes, because this match was really good. Um, but yeah, the Macho Man stuff. The Goldberg match from Halloween Havoc 98, and the Christian match from WrestleMania 19. All right. I, I co-signed. Those are all the things I was going to say. Oh, right. Joe right. beat me to it, you know? We are on screen share. I'm just reading Adam's notes, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all on the whiteboard. Okay. Uh, so it's pink button time. All right. Let's do it. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's and Um, like... I think it's just a fact of life that even wrestlers you loathe and hate will eventually, if they're lo- around long enough, you'll find something of them that, like, you like, right? Because today, I know what Joe saw for sure. <laughs> that video of Tim Scarlett training Zach Gallon with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that Ed is on board for Double J. Did you understand a single thing that he said? 
I, I understood he was referring to Double J hitting Zach Gowan with the guitar, which I did see all over Twitter, which was just basically your tweet like five times. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think what Ed was very focused on, that Double J was taunting him on one leg and yeah. then like juked him <laughs> while on one leg, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jarrett is wearing like a fantastic fit of of white jeans, cowboy boots, and a red and yellow tie-dyed shirt. Um, but there are so there are wrestlers that I despise and hate that have done cool things that have gotten me to come around on them, and I would say, um, you know, Punk is one of them. Um, I thought the pipe bomb stuff was really bad and lame and business exposing, and I know that's what got a lot of people into wrestling again. But I thought the heel turn of Punk with him and Heyman together, um, like that last like six months of his title run leading up to the match with Undertaker, mm-hmm. I thought was some of the best work of Punk's career. And that kind of really made me turn a corner on him. Um, while I try to think of someone else who I hate who did something cool that I'm like, ah, oh, they got me, you know? Uh, <laughs> you got anyone like that? Uh uh, not really, not at the top of my head. I was just going to chime in that that run of CM Punk, like, I, I, I might have appreciated the pipe bomb more than you, but that wasn't what, what made me a fan. But it was the Paul Heyman run for me as well. You know, and it was just the the 434-day reign, uh, which I actually, I do have, like, an autograph plaque that says that. Um, it's autographed by Punk and Heyman, so I was a huge fan of that run. But I feel like unless somebody's canceled, I don't have like these bloodlust like feuds with that that you do. You know, like I'm just trying to think if there's anyone that like I really despised. Um, so you know what? Okay, and I, I can safely admit this: we were taught growing up, whether you were a reader of the Aftermags or an online wrestling fan or a Wrestling Observer fan, or whatever it was, you were taught to hate Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Why and y- you would just always critique everything that Dusty would do. He was the worst. His booking was terrible. The Dusty finish. Everything was about him putting himself over, and all those other things. And then when you go back and you look at everything that Dusty did, whether it be stuff in Florida from the 70s, or stuff that he did in Crockett in the 80s, or even his polka dot run in WWF, or the stuff when he comes back and he teams with Dustin to take on the stud stable, or the feud that he has in ECW with Steve Carino. All that stuff is really goddamn cool. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until, like, way, way, you know, late in, like, Ah. the the mid-2000s, let's say, um, where I came around and became a Dusty Rhodes fan. And it wasn't any one thing, but it was just like me not letting every other piece of media shape my opinion of Dusty Rhodes. Why was there such a, an agenda to bury Dusty at the time? I don't know. Um, it's just... The, the magazines and the online community and the dirt sheets just decided, like, Dusty's bad, and we're going to do everything in our power to run his name through the mud. Gotcha. All right. I didn't know if there was, like, some kind of concerted effort that came out later, you know? Yeah, I, and again, I don't know if it was any one thing. 
you know, there's people that'll claim like the dusty finish ruined TV wrestling or, you know, he booked Crockett out of business and the polka dot stuff sucked and, you know, a million different excuses that they'll throw out. But like I said, I, I, I defy you go back and watch Dusty's WWE run, go back and watch any of that stuff now. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Is that it for Matt, or does he call? No, us he, up he more does times? call back one more time. Okay. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Hey, uh, Joe, you know how you said I could get uh, press passes uh, to Impact by showing up and like yelling through the door your your name at uh, Brian Myers? So my friend thinks that'll just get me uh, arrested. So. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know how that'll work. Um what do you have any other suggestions? Because uh, I don't I don't want to go to jail. Um mm -hmm. again. Bye. I think Ed would do great in jail, don't you? <laughs> I think after a day or two of uncomfortableness, uh he would thrive. Like he would eventually be running like I don't want to say a gang, but definitely a small business. <laughs> So I could be a jerk, right, and say to Ed, I've only been asking for three weeks now for him to send me the copy of Hayabusa so I can put it on my MP3 player, right? Yeah. Um, and he even asked for my email, and I gave him a link to the Dropbox and everything else like that, and he still hasn't done it. Mm, that and doesn't sound be, like a guy who needs a favor done for him. And I could be a dick. And say, uh, I'm going to hold this over your head until you give me this information. But that's not the sort of guy I am, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm looking here, um, it looks like they are coming to Columbus June 9th and 10th is what it looks like, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, if I go, and I'm at, uh, and I'm at impact.com, okay? Um, if I go to the bottom of impact.com, okay, there's a thing there that says media inquiries and it says for media inquiries, including interviews with talent, please send an email here. And then they even give you a thing that says, submit this request, but it does not guarantee you a seat but we will contact you closer to the event date. So I don't know Ed's email address, but if he was to email me the copy of Hayabusa, <laughs> I could just reply to him with this link that he could very easily just get to himself by going to impact.com slash 2019 slash 09 slash 18 slash media hyphen inquiries slash and fill out the form himself putting in the information about the highly successful podcast called Hayabusa that he does, and they will probably send him at least one free ticket for each of those two shows. 100%. Because I'm sure you've seen in the major group that if you want tickets to these shows, like just to go, you literally just have to 
like comment in a thread, hey, I'd like tickets, and Brian puts you on a list. So I feel like they they definitely are giving away a lot of these tickets. I don't know because Ed doesn't talk to me. Like Ed talks to you, and the only yeah. time I hear from Ed is on this this podcast because he doesn't really like me. Uh, but Aww. like, does he want to like interview people, or does he just want to go? He just wants to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could probably just, yeah, like you said, just say you're a podcast, which in Ed's case is almost true. Uh, almost <laughs> true. Uh, at least once a month it is. Um, and, it would and be the, better if it wasn't like a Spotify exclusive. But listen, I'm not here to tell Ed how to do his business, you know? Yeah, because what happens if like Scott Demore is like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy... Uh, uh, tickets to the show as long as I can find him on my trusty podcatcher. So let me just open up my iPhone or open up my Android. Oh, wait, I can't seem to find it. Oh, this guy must be lying to me. Let's ban him forever. That's probably and, what's going to happen. And I would bet that Robert Evans and Jimmy Jacobs would probably enjoy Hayabusa. That seems <laughs> like humor that's right up their alley, you know? Yeah, if not for R.D. Evans and Jimmy Jacobs, like, uh, noted disdain for Spotify. Like, they've gone on record multiple oh, yeah. times in the past, you know? If you search uh, R.D. Evans and Spotify, you'll see lots of uh, negative remarks, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not the way to go, Ed. It's not the way to go. I think you definitely need to uh, get that shit up in other places. And then as far as getting tickets to Impact, uh, yeah, just ask. Right. And, and like I said, as if if Ed doesn't do this... Mm-hmm. when it gets closer to the date and Brian puts the thing up in the Facebook group and says hey if you just put your name in here I'll have your name on the list for the show I'm going to put Ed's name on there yeah because uh, what we've learned over the last couple of weeks they certainly don't cross check any names in that group <laughs> nope <laughs> so yeah that would be a, a definitely one way to go although I will say that the I don't know if Brian threatened it. Yeah, I think he might have threatened it. If I put you on the list and you don't show up, like you're, he's going to be pissed. So Ed's also a, a, a risk to flake out and not show up. But he wouldn't be mad at you, so that's okay. That's okay. I, I would I would burn uh, my relationship with Brian to try to get Ed into that show. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what, Ed? If uh, if it doesn't work out with Joe and his relationship with Brian, let me know, and I'll I'll, I'll reach out to my my close personal friend Broski. Oh my god! <laughs> Hope you don't like having money, Ed. <laughs> All right. Is that it for voicemail? Yeah, that's it for voicemail. All right, I couldn't help but notice on the email that you sent me earlier this morning, as well as on the screen you just had up, you have the list of the next season of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, uh, so the next season of Dark Side of the Ring begins uh, May 30th, um, you know, which is a Wednesday. So, you know, we'll be able to kind of day and date talk about them because we record the day after. And now a lot of people are saying that this this list is different than the initial list that went out a couple months ago. So people were saying that they're going to do either like something got bumped to season five or they're doing like season four and two parts. Like these are the first 10 episodes. Then they're going to release like the next set of episodes. But uh, looking at the list of things that we have, uh, they're doing episodes on Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, Magnum Ta, I mean, (laughs) T.A., Adrian Adonis, 
Marty Jannetty, Doink the Clown, and I'm going to guess they specifically mean like Matt Bourne, Doink the Clown, Junkyard Dog, Bam Bam Bigelow, Abdul the Butcher, Bash at the Beach 2000, and the Graham family. Any of those strike your fancy, Adam? Any of those interest you? Any of those you can't wait for? Uh, You know, I mean, honestly, it's it's very much on brand for me that it's going to be like the the more modern of the people like Candido and Tammy, I think is one that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, Marty Jannetty, Bam Bam, Bash at the Beach are kind of at the top of my list. Maybe Abdul the Butcher, but like for me, Junkyard Dog, Adrian Adonis, Magnum TA, those don't really do anything for me. But I've said that before about Dark Side of the Ring episodes when they're announced and then I end up liking them after the fact. So, you know, it, it really means nothing if, if, I'm not initially appealed by him. So the okay. So let's see how dark they go on the Marty Jannetty stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, is to get as dark as they can in the Marty Jannetty stuff. They've got it. Im- they've also got to implicate his partner at that time when he was doing a lot of this stuff pre 1992. Yeah. And I don't know um, if Vice is going to want to run Shawn Michaels' name through the mud. The Adrian Adonis one, I think, is going to shock you. The JYD one, especially the end of his life, is going to shock you, I think. The the Matt Bourne one is going to shock you. And I think the Graham family one, you going in with no expectations, I'm not going to give away all of that. Yeah, I'm definitely. only going to say it's Von Eric-esque. Okay, so everything works out for everybody. Yep. <laughs> so lots of interviews with living members of that family. Lots of talking heads. All right, fair enough. Yep, yep. I'm just happy that like Dark Side of the Ring is, is coming back because... Last, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of it, but I always thought Tales from the Territories kind of replaced it, you know? That's what I was led to believe as well. Uh, the two guys that um, do the Dark Side of the Ring stuff more or less said that. So I'm glad that plans changed, pal. Yeah, because I watched an episode and a half of Tales from the Territory, and that wasn't for me. And I, I tapped out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they were good. You know, obviously. Um, like I said, I, I, I talk a bunch of, this will be like the 40th time I bring up the AWA one where Jim Bernzel just casually says that he was the locker room drug dealer. Yeah. And Ken Patera tells his side of the story of what happened that night where he threw a rock through the window at the McDonald's and he and Mr. Saido went to jail for two years and he tells his side of the story and every single other person on the round table to a person calls him a liar to his face. Yeah, but I mean, that's your thing. You know, old guys telling old wrestling stories yeah. doesn't appeal to me. Oh, look, an old man's talking. Let's yeah, they're talking about wrestling. Let's go listen. You know, that's me. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Um. So uh, I'm trying to think. Okay. Um. Hey, um, at oddswrestling.com. That's one-stop shop for all the stuff for the show, right? It's still there. Last I checked, I paid for the year. You got the Patreon that you could find there. You got episodes of this show. And, of course, you could find our eBay affiliate link. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on this site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission 
affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. One of these days, we're going to get a payout from that, right? They're holding it for a year. (laughs) So, again, they they don't pay out until it hits $10. Ah. And our first month only hit $8. Son of a bitch. Right. (laughs) So, they're sitting on it until the next month where it rolls through as over $10. All right. I think, uh, Derek, who's listening to the show, uh, you need to step up your card buying, because right now it's it's relatively mid. You're kind of an amateur. Right. Look at all these people that are being drafted tonight. <laughs> go buy their rookie cards. That is true. He is uh, he's a fan of, well, Derek's one of those guys that like is a fan of multiple teams. You, you know those people? Yeah, yeah. Like, I have my first favorite team, my second favorite team, yeah. my third favorite. No, you have your favorite team, and that's it. Even as a non-sports person, come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and, hey, go make some purchases through our Tee Public store. Um, the 35% sale is going on now. Um, it's always linked up in all the show notes. Get designs inspired by this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Final Wrestling Place, the soon-to-be-named network itself. And you can get those on shirts, to cell phone covers, to notebooks, to all sorts of shit. Yeah, there, I was actually kicking around T Public last night looking at stuff because I'm trying to replace a T-shirt that I really like that is like not in print. So I was hoping there would be a a bootleg of it up there. There were some close ones, but uh, mine's too big. I needed like a smaller size. But gotcha. lots of cool stuff on T Public. But you know where there's also cool stuff, Joe? On these podcasts. And those podcasts include Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, uh, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and be sure to check out my interview along with my partner Chuck Stone on this week's Indie Wrestling Guide. All right. <laughs> what? I think we didn't we plug that at the beginning of the show and in the middle of the show enough. I, I I'm on the show, so I'm gonna plug it a bunch. All right. Come on, man. Anyways, let's get All on right. to the best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vansky. Will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, we're going to go long. Did you buy a bunch of things this week? No, nothing. Uh, you know what? Okay, so um, okay. I t- so uh, if you listen to After Dark this week, uh, I had to go and buy myself some new underwears. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, after I, dark this week. Uh, for more on that, <laughs> yeah, keep that over on that show, <laughs> right? Right. And I did, and again, I I don't buy stuff for me because I don't know, I don't need anything. But um, I'll tell this as quickly as I can. My kid has the Oculus. Do you know what the Oculus is? The VR thing, right? Yep. Yep. And you got the headset. And you got your two little hand things, right? And one of the thumbsticks was drifting a bit. So I was looking up online what you have to do with it. 
looking up how much it would cost to just buy him a new one. And just one of those goddamn controllers is $125. And how many controllers are there? Is there two or two. is there one? Two. Well, okay, for 120 So, okay, it comes with two controllers and the headset. That whole thing was like 400 and some odd dollars. Yeah, that's want- what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, if you want a replacement of just one of the hand sticks, a right or a left, it's $125 for one or the other. Like, you it's you could buy the bundle of the two of them together for 200 bucks, but if you just want one, it's 125 Anyway, so I'm watching videos on, like, how to repair and replace parts on it, and I'm okay. like, okay, I could do this. So I buy the replacement kit thing, which was, like, 12 bucks. And it comes with, like, all these little parts and a little tiny screwdriver and all this other shit. So I'm watching the video on how to replace the thumbstick. And, like, you have to, like, take the battery out. You have to peel the sticker off of where the battery goes. There's three little tiny screws that you need to take out there. And they recommend that you, like, on a piece of paper, draw a diagram of what the controller looks like. And then put each little tiny screw on the mock-up of the controller that you did so you remember where they all go back in. Then Uh, once you get the face of the joystick off, there's seven more tiny... What? Yeah, the the face. face. Thank you. (laughs) Um, There's seven more tiny screws that you need to take out as well. And I'm like, okay, we're like ten tiny screws into this, and this is already like way above my thing. Like, I'm going to fuck this up, and I'm going to have to spend the $125 because I screwed up, and I have to get my kid the thing. Very long story short, I watched the other one of how to, like, repair what you have, and it's, you know, not as many screws involved. You still have to take the face off the controller. The face? The face, (laughs) and get to where you can get to just the uh, little joystick itself, and you take the part off the joystick that your thumb would go on, and there's, like, the little stick that has, like, the ball joint and a spring on it. Well, it turns out that spring was, like, folded over. So all I had to do was just, like, unfold the spring, give it, like, a little contact cleaner spray, swirl it around, and put everything back together, and it works like new. All right. Well, that worked out. 12 bucks, right? So if he does break it again, I do have the replacement parts uh, and the, the, you know, the little screwdriver and all the other shit to put the, like, new thumbstick, um, you know, pad thing in there. Thingamabob, yeah. Yeah. All right. And just uh, speaking of Longbox Heroes After Dark, listening to it in the correct listening order, uh, just a, a, a tease that uh, coming soon, possibly another Joe Burner account, but one you might not want to follow. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. It might already exist. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's like Ed's OnlyFans. <laughs> so, side note. Okay. Yeah. So remember last week on the pod when Ed called in? We'll get to your purchases. I'm sure you had dozens. <laughs> remember yeah. last week on the pod ed called in and he named all of the people that he wanted to listen to his show yep and i saw your efforts afterwards okay so i go through and i get all the people and there was like he said justin number one and that was the only one that i couldn't find right mm-hmm. so there was somebody else that he mentioned that i'm like oh i know that their public twitter isn't out there anymore but I'm definitely following that person's burner. So let me go find their burner and tag that. And I didn't pick up on it or whatever. Um, But in doing so, going through like my followers list, I found no less than three abandoned Ed burner accounts. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, he burns hot and fast, and then he fizzles out. <laughs> he certainly does. Um. All right, I, I don't have a huge week in weekly purchases. I'm going to be relatively quick on this, uh, just because we have another show to record. But um, if you remember, at the LVAC Steel Sack show, I got my Eddie Kingston AEW figure signed. And yeah. I also gave my micro brawler to our buddy Dave, and I had him get it signed for me. So my Kingston brawler was signed. And I kind of got itchy to get an unsigned one if I saw one cheap enough. Just to, you know, I could have a signed one and an unsigned because I'm a sociopath. And I bought one of those in the major pod group for like 13 bucks shipped. Somebody had like a uh, a deal on one. So got an Eddie Kingston micro brawler. Um, I went on a little bit of a doll safari with Brett from We Need Wrestling this past yeah. Friday. And we met up in Wilkes-Barre and I just gave him some figs I owed him. But we went into the Target and... Brett's a coward. He doesn't buy the things he should buy. He saw a perfectly good NECA RoboCop figure, and we talked about how it would look great standing next to his Surfer Sting, but he chickened out, uh, so shame. No, actually, you know what? In the great words of Brian Danielson, amateur. Amateur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But while we were there, they actually just put out some Elite 100 figures. So I managed to get the WCW U.S. champion stunning Steve Austin. Okay. Uh, And some guy literally like seconds before we got there grabbed the chase Andre the Giant with like the the teal jacket. But I wasn't that mad because the box was destroyed. So I was like, "Ah, I wouldn't have bought it anyways. But uh, so I managed to get one of the Elite 100 figures I needed. So that was cool. And uh, for Brett to pass up on that RoboCop, and DJ ended up wearing the Sting RoboCop Capital Combat shirt. Uh, it was a sign he should have bought it anyway. I know, he definitely should have. He ended up getting, I'm sure he'll talk about it on his show. He got some other stuff, but I tried to twist his arm to get that neck of RoboCop. Um, earlier in that day, I went to our local toy store in Scranton, uh, Monstars. And it was actually, I, I saw something that, caught my interest and it was you know how like the last couple toy shows i went to like toy hio and the the philly con uh i was i started buying old 80s and early 90s carrying cases for figures yeah like there was like the wwe one the transformers one sure sure yeah i'm starting kind of like a collection because i got an old lgn wwf one i have a wcw i have a couple transformers ones but at monstars they had a, a marvel superheroes one from the 1991 superheroes line oh cool and uh, the the owner wasn't there, and I asked, like, how much is that? And the guy's like, oh, there's no price on it. I don't know. You want to check back another day? I'm like, all right, well, that kind of sucks. But uh, I did. Like I'm up- right here right now. I want to give you money for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I ended up going back the next day, and uh, it was only 20 bucks, And I was like, all day. And I'm actually sending it to you right now. It's, it's really nice looking. I bought it because, I mean, A, I'm kind of collecting these cases now. And B, it has the Punisher on it, which is just, it just looks cool. And it's got Spidey and it's got Dr. Doom and it's got the Hulk. And on the side, not pictured, is Captain America. So it's just kind of a cool, like, I think this came out in 91, uh, a cool case. And it's in really nice shape. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, looking at the front, of, like, the back of the case, like, outside of, like, a little bit on the top is, like, almost near perfect. 
Um, yeah, it's like, got a little bit of scuffing, but it's, you know, it's 35 years old or whatever, you know? I do like that it's all, like, repurposed art, you know? Yeah. Uh, Spidey makes it on there twice. I'm just saying he's the best character there is. <laughs> and that's and, a McFarlane Spidey on the front, isn't it? Well, right. Okay, so everything is, like, 70s and 80s art, maybe even 60s art on the Doctor Doom. But they have to work in, like, that very specific McFarlane Spidey on the front as well. I love it. Yeah. So this caused me to kind of not only take inventory of what I already had, like collector case wise, but more importantly, to kind of put together a list of not necessarily what I'm missing, because I'm missing a lot, but what I'm missing and also want, you know, so I, I did a little bit of research on eBay and I put together like a little list of what I need. And there's like some G.I. Joe's. I don't own any G.I. Joe ones. There's a Transformers one I still need. There's a He-Man one I need. So I put together a list, but I also saw as I was looking and this is kind of Todd's fault, uh, but I picked up and I'm going to shoot you a picture um, a Star Trek The Next Generation one. Oh, boy. I bought it because it was so incredibly cheap. Like, I don't understand how this guy is not going to lose money after shipping it unless he flattens it down and folds it into an envelope. <laughs> like, there's no way he's going to ship it to me and still make money on it. Uh, so, again, I like the Star Trek. Uh, like, I like Picard. I used to watch uh, Next Generation when I was a little kid. Uh, but I definitely didn't collect star trek figures like I, I just wasn't something i did but again because i'm kind of starting this collection of carrying cases and this was super cheap it's not something that was on my list of things i need but i was just like oh okay i'm just grabbing it you know so i feel as though these are going to take up a lot more space than the actual figures that you collect Oh, I know these are the worst but <laughs> they stick up the nice thing is they can just be thrown in a pile like, I'm not worried about the condition. I'm not, like, kicking them. But, like, I can stack them super high and not worry about, like, the one of the bottom being damaged, you know? Do these have, like, the little platform inside them as well? Uh, they, uh, some of them, like, depending on which case, uh, like, the Star Trek one and the Marvel one have those super thin plastic trays that you can remove. Okay. But there are some of the larger ones. Like if they say jumbo collector's case on them, they'll have like the hard shelves in the middle. So, you know, obviously you can – the reason I ask is because like obviously you can like rush a nesting doll them, like putting them inside one or the other, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the thing is the majority of them because they're probably all being made by the same company – uh, they're really just, they're for the most part, all the same size, or there's like multiples that are the same size. So it's like, you can't really put one inside the other, but anyways, that defeats the purpose. Cause they either have trays or they have shelves. You know? So you, you mentioned all these different toy lines. Um, are you even going to bother with the star Wars ones? Because those are so different and unique. Nah, you know what? I don't want I, I kind of want to stick with the ones that are made of cart like the laminated cardboard. Right. Like I don't want the Darth Vader head or the C3PO head or there. I was kind of doing some research and there's a old DC superpowers ones from like the mid 80s. Yeah, and that one's made of like plastic, like the whole thing is plastic. And like kind of like a plastic suitcase. And I'm like, nah, I don't need that. I want to stick with the ones that are made out of cardboard, you know? Because I know there was definitely a plastic suitcase Star Wars one as well. Because, and there's technically, and again, I guess you could call it a carrying case. 
but it was like a Chewbacca bandolier. Yeah, now I've seen those before. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of sticking with this style, and I actually just shot you a picture um, of all of the ones that I have saved on my phone. Like the DC one, like I mentioned, I kind of don't want because it's not the right style. But all those other ones in the picture, I, I definitely need. Yeah. And you get how they're all kind of like that cardboard with the plastic wrapped around it, you know? Yep. I, I vividly remember, like, the I definitely had the He-Man one. Uh, I definitely, my brother definitely had the Ninja Turtles one. And I guess the Ninja Turtles picture that you have, that's the front and the back. No, there's actually two different versions. Oh, okay. I like cause, okay, I was gonna say I'm not sure if that's the front and the back or two different versions. But I like how there's the one where it's like, you know, the more softer version of the turtles. Yeah. And then there's the other one where it's like, yeah, not the harder version, but like the slightly more harder version, you know? Yeah, one of them they're they're all making mad face and the other one they're like they're eating pizza and happy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but that superpowers one is badass. It is, but like I said, I gotta have a rule, and I I think my rule might be to stick with the one type of case. And I just shot you a picture of what I have already. Yeah, you know, and I, I kind of want to stick with that material. Absolutely, all but, cool, cool stuff. Yeah, and like I said, these like I think the most I spent on one was like the jumbo uh, Transformers one at Toy Hyo, and that might have been like thirty five bucks, and that was inflated because it was at Toy Hyo. Uh, so they're not an expensive thing because I is the only one that I saw that was super expensive, and I'm lucky because it's a different material. It's like the hard shell one is the actual Hasbro WWF one. Because for whatever reason, like all the the wrestling figure collectors are scooping those up, but at the same time they don't want the WCW or the LJN, which is very odd. So that's why I'm like I'm happy with the one style, the Hasbro WWF. I don't need because it's a the hard shell, for sure. But that's actually it for me. Cool, look at that. Yeah, like I said, I just uh, you know the Eddie Kingston, the Elite that I found in the wild, and those carrying cases. Yeah, and, and again, like you know, obviously, I don't, I haven't been out to a, you know, a Target, Walmart, what have you, or down to the toy aisle in quite some time. Um, but you know, if I saw one of the new things that were out there, I would, even though I don't need them, you know, I would be very uh, tempted to grab them. So, yeah, and I'm with my, you. myself and Brett went looking for the Target Legends. There was one of the head shrinkers there that he grabbed. Uh, I'm looking for the Paul Heyman. I have it on pre-order, but everybody and their cousin is finding them already. Yep. Uh, no such luck in our area. But Fing- Fingers uh, crossed that Brucey shows up in the wild sooner than later, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, other than that, I might buy a stuffed beaver, but uh, that's a story I'm, for another day. <laughs> yeah, if there's no other way to close out the show then that's it hey folks thanks for listening this was episode 239 of at odds with wrestling for adam this is joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini.
of Podcast Networks. <laughs>